You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Oh, Matt, fellow adventurers. I've just made my way over to Copper Hill Lodge and something has happened. It says suddenly. Bump! The large, broad-shouldered man you've just bumped into on your way into the lodge turns and unleashes a volley of curses in your direction. Upon locking eyes with you and apparently realising who it is he's addressing so vulgarly, vulgarly, he dons an exaggerated smile and bows deeply. Truly sorry about that, little man, he says, patronising as he takes a step closer. Now, be a good lad and apologise, before I forget how to be nice. You may be the new prize about the old lodge, but that means nothing to me. You recognise... The imposing black-bearded fearer standing at arm's length to be none other than Wenvor, a particularly nasty brute. Once a fav- once a favourite of Robert Battle, heard his penchant for drunken, violent outbursts in the hall, coupled with your arrival and increasing success, have served to land him out of favour with the notorious lodgemaster. Wenavar, his insincere smile rapidly twisting into a frown, folds his thick arms tightly across his chest and glowers at you expectantly. So, I have a few options now. I can apologise to him. I can refuse to apologise. Or I can teach the uncouth brute a lesson. A lesson, I assume, delivered... Through the through fists, I'm going to refuse to apologise. You shake your head. Shake your head and smile, signifying by way of the simple gesture of no way of it, no intention of apologising. Whenever, failing miserably in his attempt to pretend that your response does not bother him, sneers as he pokes his finger at your nose. 
Well, just don't let it happen again, he grumbles. I'd hate to have to teach you your manners in front of old Woggy and his lot. So, I've a, now I've got a few options. Issue him a genuine apology. Return his insincere apology. Teach Wenvor a lesson. Or decide to let the matter lie. Okay. I'll return his insincere apology. The apology, which can best be described as condescending, seems to take Renvor by surprise. The vile brute, momentarily taken aback by El Bravado, quickly regains his senses and fixes you with a murderous glare. You're gonna wish you you're gonna wish you hold your tongue, lad, he snarls. Without warning, Renvar lunges at you, his massive hands outstretched to take you by the throat. You nimbly dodge the attack and swiftly counter it, eager to teach the crude orc some much-needed manners. It's Wenvor the Boar. Engage in non-lethal combat. Because Rodabadam probably wouldn't like it if we started killing each other. And then he'd probably whoop all our asses. Because that's just some that's something he can do. Yes, at the same time. Okay, Wenvor swipes at you with his massive fists. Uh, just keep bashing him. Your enemy smashes through your defences with a devastating blow. Boo! That's a hard punch. Defeated. 24xp. Your final blow sends the heavy brute toppling onto his back. He lands with a resounding thud that drives the wind from his sizable lungs. As he lies gasping for breath, you reach down and help him regain his feet. Much to your astonishment, or perhaps not, no one seems to have taken any particular notice of the scuffle. You can o- you can o- you can hold your own. And just a bit more, he says, smirking. You can always take pride in the fact you got the best of Wenvor the Boar, at least once. You're about about to leave Wenvor when, in a surprise gesture, the bearded brute asks you to join him for some wog's knock. The mere mention of the potent brew is enough to give you second thoughts about accepting his offer. There's a link to Wog's Nog. Wog's Nog. This thick, flavorous favor for ale is only found at the Copper Hilt Lodge. The ale, favored among some of the more hardened members of the lodge, bears the shorter name of Wodgemaster Wodgebaden. By all accounts, the brew is extremely potent. Hmm, I wonder, how does it compare... To the hammer tong brew. I guess there's no way we'll really ever know. <laughs> okay, so I can accept his offer, politely decline, suggest a different drink again instead. Accept his offer, okay? Winvor, apparently delighted that you've taken him up on his offer, strides off and returns less than a minute later, 
with two frothing tankards filled with the potent brew. Rog's knock, he proclaims that proudly, hoisting up his flagon and briefly rushing the foaming, foaming vessel towards you. Only a few minutes after, ha- after having finished the potent brew, begins to feel as if you're about to pass out. Pick a number. Bonus of 40. 20 from body, 20 from spirit. Got to get 100 or more to not fall down like this. Eep. Pick now. 81. Failure. Despite a valiant struggle, you're unable to, to escape the swift and undesirable effects of the potent tale. Without warning, your eyes roll back into your head and you pitch forward as everything goes black. You wake to find yourself staring up at the wide, grinning, bearded face of Renvor, the broad-shouldered brute, leaning over you as you lie flat on your back, places his hands on his knees, searches wide his mouth and roars, roars with laughter. No shame in it, no shame in it, he cries, still laughing, as he pulls you to your feet. You're only out for a few minutes. I've seen much worse than that in here. Just this past week. To pulling over a chair for you, Wenvor leans leans against a nearby table and finishes both his ale and what's left of yours. How big is this guy's liver? How big? You spend just a small while long with Wenvor before the massive bearded man tells you he must be off. I was on my way somewhere when we had our little one in, says when he says, flay, frowning painfully. Well, that's that. I'm on my way again. With that, Wenvor bids you farewell and strides out of the hall. In the wake of Wenvor's somewhat abrupt departure, you're overcome with a sudden chill. A common symptom of the draftiness in the grand old lodge. A second shudder runs through you. As the second word of shudder runs through, you step away from the door and make for one of the hall's warring fires. Okay, now I'm just curious. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna. I'm gonna quit without saving, and I'm going to try and see if there's any other way. To play that scenario. Alright. I started in Warfoot. Copperhill Lodge. Enter the lodge. Suddenly. Okay. Now. Here he turns up again. So what happens if I just apologise to him? You prepare... To offer an apology to Wenvor. Issue him a genuine apology. Your apology, which is genuine, and comes across as such, seems to catch Wenvor off guard and leave him momentarily taken aback. He, he studies you with a quizzical look and then slowly begins to nod his head. Very well put, he said, his tone somewhat softer. There aren't many, many about in this place who could be counted to do what's right. 
I say we put the entire matter behind us. Having agreed with this last settlement, you're about to take your leave of Winthrop when, in a surprise gesture, the bearded duke brute asks you to join him for some of Walt's nog. The mere mention of the potent brew is enough to give you second thoughts about accepting the offer. Except... Okay, it's that same deck again. Bonus 40. Success 100. Will I fall over this time or not? 101. Success. Only with great effort do you manage to stave off the undesirable effects of the potent ale. As your head clears, Wenvor seems prepared to call for more of the brute, but suddenly... The bearded brute has an apparent change of heart. Smiling, he tells you he's learning to control himself. That's what old Woggy calls. Calls it, he says. Suppose it's something I never really learned. Well, I'm not yet too old to try. You spend just a small while longer with Wendell before the massive bearded man tells you he must be off. I was on my way somewhere when we had our little one in. Well then... That's that. I'm on my way again. With that, Winvar bids you farewell and strides out of the hall. In the wake of Winvar's somewhat abrupt departure, you're suddenly overcome by a sudden chill, a common symptom of draftiness of the grand old lodge. A second shudder runs through you. You step away from the door and make for one of the hall's roaring fires. There we are. And that is that little scenario done with. Now, let's move on to a proper adventure. Back to Task Rest Mirspool. Adventures for this location. What lurks beneath? With your heart pounding furiously, you strike out for the distant fog-shrouded shore. Praying with every desperate stroke, you reach the land before... Start the adventure. This is another Oak and Stone Mask inspired adventure by VWK. You listen intently as Marple describes to you a task that bears all the hallmarks of a grand adventure. The thin, one-armed taskmaster, his voice unusually quiet, tells you about a trio of adventures who recently went missing while on a mission for the lodge in Dragonmere Deep. They were fools, whoever laid my eyes in, he says, frowning. Our lodge master seems to ascribe, ascribe their lot all manner of accolades, so I bit my tongue. And you from the start, they'll never bake. Bake it back. If you had seen them, you'd have known it too. Marple sighs and purses his lips as he stares at you. I suppose you're wondering how this involves you, he says at length. To, to cut to the quick of it, apparently you're the only one the lodgemaster trusts, and he wants you to go into the mire and find out what happened to the three imbeciles. But here, there's a bit, but there's a bit more to it than just that. Marple tells you that one of the three who ventured into the swamp, a woman named Vuraka, Carried with her an enchanted iron wand given to her by Vognabaddon. You learn the wand was used was to be used to unlock something, but the test master refused to say exactly what that something is. 
Speaking softly, Marple describes the wad. What to use a short, engraved length of iron. He tells you that a shard of sapphire is affixed to the tip of the wad. If you're able to find to find the three three and bring them back. Find the three and bring them back back out of the mire, the lodge master would be most most appreciative, she says. If it can't be done, the retrieval and the return of the ward. Oh, the ward would suffice. I have a little help for either outcome, mine. So I don't discard or, or help. After all, you are remarkably capable. For a fleeting moment, a look of mild terror passes over Marple's face. You turn around to see that his wise eyes have become to become fixated on on own, what his wide eyes have become fixated on only to find Wodgebaggen approaching the short bald shouldered white bearded lodge master nods at Marsprell then smiles at you I don't suppose dear old Marple has told you about the new arrangement to come up with you he says his unsettling gaze shifting between you and the taskbook no as I figured it's really simple it's very simple, really. You don't no longer need to come up with any collateral for any task you take on. Agree, of course. And if I might have the very briefest of words, ooh, no collateral. That really doesn't affect me because I always finish the tasks and get the money back. But I guess it's nice to have money for slightly longer. Wadabadan takes you aside, for you're certain Marple can still hear what's being said, and tells you he would like you to find and retrieve a pouch of blue powder carried by Verka, the woman Mar- Marple previously mentioned. She, had the, she has the watch and the pouch, she said. Yet neither one has anything to do with the other, but I want their, them back if there's anywhere to be found. The pouch is a small black thing. Never mind what they use for. Oh, and if you find our missing friends alive, be sure to get get your hands on those two items, no matter what. There'll be 500 gold for you in each of them. With that, Wodgebadden slaps you on the shoulder and wishes you luck. He turns, mutters something to Marple, and heads off to attend to what you're left to assume is a litany of pressing duties. Marple sighs. You need to know just a bit more before you set off, he says. Before you can embark on the mission, Marple tells you that Walter Barton has agreed to pay 500 gold for the safe return of the three, three missing adventurers or any information regarding their fate. The taskmaster also says you will be paid another 500 gold for retrieving the wad. He makes no mention of the pouch. Although a word about him himself told you, its return would earn you another 500. Unfurling a worn and, and badly stained map of Dragon's Mare Deep, Marple sets about showing you the likely path of the three missing adventurers. You study and commit to memory the location where the group would likely have abandoned their boat before trekking into the tangled heart of the vast swamp. 
I don't expect them you'll I don't expect you'll find them alive, says Markle. For we know the fools were likely devoured within the first hour in the deep. You won't ever have gone ashore. You'll be looking for bodies, I suspect. And you'll be hard pressed to find even those. There's just one other thing I feel I should mention. Marple steps in closer and lowers his voice. He then tells you the woman he previously mentioned, Rucker, covered with her small black pouch, filled with blue powder. It would be, it would be for the best. Best if that pouch never made its way back here, he says, fixing you with a hard stare. Buried it, throw it in the swamp, scatter its contents on the wind, it matters not. But I hope never to sit to again see it. Let that be all we say about it. Marple wishes you luck and tells you the sooner the fate of the missing adventurers is revealed, the better. Early the next morning, before the rolling banks of fog have lifted from the edge of the sprawling mire, you board a small, sturdy craft and begin the formidable journey along a wide, sluggish channel that slowly winds its way into the thick of the swamp. As your boat slips deeper into the tangled heart of the great bog, your every sense every sense remains alert for any sign of possible danger and for any evidence of the missing adventurers. For nearly three hours, your craft steadily drifts along the channel. As your craft is carried into a wide, murky pool, the water several yards ahead of the prow suddenly begins to churn wildly before you can react. Something large smashes into your boat from below, shattering its hull and sending you toppling into the dark water. You sink beneath the surface and instinctively attempt to claw your way upwards, only to discover, to your profound horror, that something large has wrapped itself around your lower left leg. For several long seconds, you're pulled down into the pool's gloomy depths. Oh no! Suddenly, whatever has taken hold of your leg lets go. Desperate to, to draw breath, you head for the surface, your heart pounding wildly with every frantic stroke. You... You explode through through the whippling surface of the murky pool and immediately draw a series of long, rugged breaths. The burning in your lungs seems to subside, but you have no intention of waiting for it to pass completely. With your heart pounding furiously, you strike out for the distant, fog-shrouded shore, praying with every desperate stroke of your wary arms did you get out of the water before whatever capsized your small boat and dragged you under returns? You covered nearly half the distance when once again something suddenly takes hold of your lower left leg and with a single violent tug pulls you into its inky depths. Pick a number. Bonus of 50. 20 from body, 10 from might, 20 from seamanship. Got to get 70 miles or more, or I'll be pulled deeper down. Pick now. 134 success. 
After a brief but desperate struggle, you manage to free your leg from what feels like the iron grip of a thick, weaving tendril. With your lungs nearly ready to burst, you fight your way back to the surface. You reach the surface of the pool and immediately expel a mouthful of fetid swamp water as you gasp rapidly, attempting to recover your breath. A loud splat, splash erupts to your right. You spin in the direction of the splash and lock, onto, lock your horrified gaze onto a massive grey tentacle now weaving about wildly in the air. The terrifying appendage, which you can only assume is attached to something horrific, lurking in the murky depths, suddenly shoots down towards you. Pick a number, bonus of 40, 20 from seamanship, 10 from body, 10 from agility, gotta get 60 or more, or I get slapped. 112, success. You narrowly dodged a shrieking tentacle. The massive grey tentacle shoots into your water to your left, before retreating once more, rising high into the air. Without waiting for the tentacle to strike again, you break into a desperate swim for the distant shore. Exhausted, with barely enough strength to stand, you reach the shallow edge of the pool and stagger to your feet in the knee-deep murk. Trudging steadily through the thick ooze, you whisk a glance back over your shoulder as you make your way up. Up onto the dry brown ground. Behind you, there is no longer any sign of the tentacle thwap. Horror overcomes you as something suddenly snags to your right leg. leg. You look down to find a grey tentacle wrapped around your calf. Instinctively, you twist and pull in a desperate desperate bid to escape the tendril's deadly grip. Pick a number. Bonus of 30. 20 from might, 20 from body, 10 from agility. Gotta get 60 or more, or be pulled to the deep. 106 success. You wrench your leg, leg free from the tentacle's iron grip and stumble through the remainder of the shallows. Out of breath and hopelessly wary, you manage a sigh of relief as you at last stagger onto solid ground at the edge of the pool. A loud splash, coupled with the deafening bellow, which echoes throughout the swamp, causes you to instinctively spin to face the pool. There, rising out of the centre of the mucky morass, is a massive, greenish blob of undulating flesh from which extend four long, wild, weaving grey tentacles. Protruding from the centre of the hideous creature is a deadly, sharp, black beak. Two blazing yellow eyes, each larger than your head, are nestled just above the beak, completing the beast's horrifying visage. As you fall back from the water's edge, one of your creature's fearsome tentacles shoots out for you, forcing you to stand your ground and engage it on fighting a massive tentacle. Tentacle wheezes as it wildly lashes out at you. We enter into into battle wage. 
I was trying to do an adventure. Stop getting in my way. You've slain your foe. 6 XP. The creature stretches wide its deadly beak and emits a long, mournful groan as your final blow renders its, renders its massive tentacle lifeless. There's no time to weather in your victory, however, as yet another of the weaves be swiving tendrils streaks towards you. Massive. It's another massive tentacle. It also weaves wildly as it lashes out at you. And is slain. 6 XP. Once more, the undulating green mass opens its beach, beach and groans dis dismally as another of its tentacles is rendered lifeless. Suddenly, the creature, its fleshy, slapeless body, whippling wildly, surges through the murky water with a start startling speed, revealing the near entirety of its hideous bulk as it arrives at the edge of the shallows. Realising you cannot hope to flee, you defiantly hold your ground and engage the deadly swamp denison. It's a tentacled swamp beast. And it lashes out at you with its tentacles. Smashes through my defences with devastating blow for 26 damage. And I keep on bringing it down. Down it will go. And it is slain. 7 XP. You fall away from, from the edge of the pool. It's a hideous swamp creature. Its tattered remains oozing a mix of blood and yellow slime slowly sinks back into the murky depths from which it emerged. Endeavouring to recover from the brutal fight, you spend a few minutes checking over your equipment and attempting to determine your next course of action. Without your boat, the shattered remains of which are scattered all across the surface of the murky pool, you realise any hope of returning from the mire alive is now greatly diminished, as you illuminate on the unpleasant notion of perishing somewhere in the tangled confines of the Great Swamp. Something stirs in the dense foliage to the west, and then to the east. With your every sense on edge, you instinctively draw yourself into a defensive stance as your eyes scour the thick of the bog, for any sign of imminent danger. With a chorus of dreadful hissing, four Tazal explode through the undergrowth and quickly sliver forward to, sur to surround you. The wed-scaled, sword-wielding reptilians stare at you contemptuously. One of the Tazal, his face riddled with a patchwork of scars, levels his left hand at you and a bolt of crimson flame hurtles forth from the clawed tips of his fingers. The deadly flaming missile streaks towards your chest. So I can dodge it with fortificationism, fortification or elementalism. I'll give elementalism a shot. It succeeded. 8 XP to elementalism. You hastily channel your power of elementalism and focus it on the bolt of flame hurtling towards you. With a loud hiss and a puff of grey smoke, the flaming missile, assailed by your mastery of the elements, 
disintegrates into a ball of ash that crumbles away to nothing before ever reaching you. With an angry hiss, the Tazal, those magical attack you've just defeated, slivers forward and attacks, closely followed by... By reptilian cohorts. Oops, sorry about that. Tuzzle, one of four. It slashes at you and is slain. The 5xp, the second desire, is immediately upon you, hissing wildly as it slashes out with its deadly blade. Then it slashes some more and is slain. 5xp. You leap over the bloodied corpse of the slain reptilian and engage the next of your red scale assailments. So there's all three or four. Alright, taking it down. 5xp, the last of the Zazar, slivers forward and attacks. Brandishing his sword with a remarkable degree of skill. But I don't think enough skill. Zazar slashes at you. Brutal strength for 6 damage, and still, it is slain. 5xp. You step back and immediately scan the surrounding foliage for any sign that might indicate the presence of Mortazol. After nearly a minute, in it, having seen and heard nothing that would indicate you in any intimate peril, you relax your guard and examine the slain reptilians. A quick search of the remains of the Tazal turns up the following. Gold. 29 gold tokens. And short swords are superior, sturdy, superior, well crafted. Having no desire to linger here, you prepare to set off along the edge of the port, hoping to follow the channel as it stakes its way further into the swamp. Suddenly, as you're as you're about to set off, you suddenly spot a bag lying next to the corpse of the last Azar. A grimy cloth sack nearly bend, blends in with the ground. You retrieve the sack and open it. Inside is a dagger with an eight hilt, a gold ring, and a carved iron wad. A glittering shard of sapphire. It's affixed to the tip of the engraved length of iron. Recalling Marple's description of the wad, you immediately realise that not only have you found the piece both he and Wadapang requested you return with, but, but the Tazal you've just slain are seemingly linked with the three missing adventurers. You promptly take possession of the three items and discard the sack. I have a sapphire-tipped wad. This short, thin iron wad is engraved with many strange and intricate symbols. A glittering side of shafire is affixed to the tip of the wad. It's an unidentified gold wing next view. This is a plain gold wing with rounded edges and no markings of any kind. Unidentified ornate dagger. The innate hilt of this dagger bears several engravings, one of which resembles a goblin's head. This weapon is of common quality. Well, for now, anyway. They're both unidentified, so I better remember to identify them when I get back to the lodge and, you know, can take the time and be somewhere nice and, you know, dry and not muddy to do it in.
Having come to the realisation that the missing adventures may very well have met their end at Hand and Sazal, you decide to make a thorough search of the nearby swamp. With your senses alert for danger, you cautiously make your way deeper into the bog. Hmm. Is that tentacle beast some sort of beast of the Sazal? Because it would kind of make sense that they just happened to be exactly next to where that beast would sink their boat and presumably sunk the boat of their of the previous the previous team yeah i'm leaning towards that i'm definitely leaning towards this the tentacled beast being being trained by the tazar or controlled or maybe they just knew where it was and just hang about there waiting for it to sink boats and loot them for close to an hour you meander through the mire carefully picking your path through a perilous maze of oozing bogs murky channels and dense foliage at last just when you're beginning to entertain thoughts of abandoning the search your efforts are rewarded as you skirt the edge of a weedy morass, an unexpected sight looms out of the surrounding tangle. The moss-covered ruins of an ancient tower rise out of the swamp foliage ahead. Its jagged top poping above a dense green canopy. Leaning precariously to the south, the imposing structure seems poised to topple into the bog, though you suspect it's maintained this particular position for quite some time. Crouched in the undergrowth, you carefully observe the tower and the surrounding mire, your keen eyes seeking any sign of possible danger. Hmm, a leaning tower? Oh, nice. You're about to move closer to the tower in an attempt to gain a better vantage point of its lone arched entrance when the sound of something moving from within the structure reaches your ears. With bated breath, you watch as a lone tazor slivers out of the tower, pausing just before the entranceway. The broad, angular head, the wedge-scaled reptilian, pivots left and right as he apparently surveys the surrounding swamp. Eager to enter the tower, discover it contains any clues to the whereabouts or fates of the missing adventurers. You carefully contemplate your next move. Got a few options here. I can continue to observe the tower. I can attack the tarzel, attempt to sneak up on the lone tarzel, or can use archery, illusion, gating, telekinesis, or thievery. I'll give illusion a shot. That's always fun. It succeeded. 16 XP to illusion. You summon summon your power of illusion and watch as the near perfect phantasmal likeness of a massive silver stripe constrictor slivers across the ground in front of the startled startled Tazal. There's a link to these silver stripe constrictor. These large, dark-scale snakes have a wide silver stripe that runs the length of their torso. They grow quite large, 
sometimes exceeding 20 feet in length, and it can adapt to survive remarkably well in almost any climate. These powerful constrictors are slow moving and prefer, prefer to drop on their unsuspecting prey from above, with the goal of goal being to being being to incapacitate the victim. Incapacitate a victim before squeezing it to death. The hide of this snake is quite oily and pungent, and therefore not desirable. With his fearful gaze frozen upon your well-crafted illusion, you steal up behind the unsuspecting reptilian. Fixated on the deadly predator, the Tazal is completely oblivious to your presence. So you can kill him, or render him unconscious. I'll render him unconscious. A single well-placed blow to the back of the skull sends a Cesar toppling to the ground unconscious. You promptly turn your attention to the arch doorway. Peeling around the edge of the arch doorway, you survey the interior of the ruined structure. While the ancient structure retains most of its original imposing height, only the first floor remains intact. A tall heap of stone debris chokes the centre of a roughly circular chamber, the bulk of which is undoubtedly comprised of what had been the tower's upper floors. You're relieved to discover there are no Tazar to be seen anywhere within the crumbly ruin. But Willie quickly turns to horror when you come upon a gruesome sight. Strewn across the cracked stone floor, partially concealed by, by a tall pile of debris, the corpses of three humans, two men and a woman. You immediately realise you've discovered the, the bodies and determined the sad fate of the three missing adventurers. Okay. Mission succeeded. Now I just have to get home. After pausing to offer a silent prayer on behalf of the slain trio, you respectfully arrange their remains. As you fold the dead woman's arms across her chest, you suddenly recall both Marple and Madapal in towing you. She carried with her a small black pouch filled with blue powder. Marple asked you, not to retire the pouch, while the logmaster seemed eager to have it. Oh dear, thing is, none of them have given me any information, so... Well, I'm going to search for the pouch anyway. A thorough search of the slain woman's remains turns a few items of no particular interest, and the leather satchel. Inside the satchel, buried beneath a small assortment of odds and ends, you discover a small black cloth pouch. Your immediate suspicions are confirmed when you open the pouch and find it is filled with fine blue powder. It's a pouch of blue powder. This small black cloth pouch is filled with fine blue powder. Marpo asked you to make certain the pouch did not return to the lodge. Wadabadden asked you to return the pouch to him if you found it. Alright. Staring down at the pouch resting the palm of hand, you contemplate what it is you're going to do with the curious item. Taskmaster Marple asked you to make certain the pouch 
did not return to the lodge. Lodge Master Rodabarkin, however, made it plain he wanted both the wad and the pouch returned to him, should you find him. Hmm, 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 I'll leave the pouch behind. After somewhat lengthy debate with you, so you decide not to take to take the pouch with you. They then contemplate what it is you should do with it. I'll just just leave it where it is, or you could, or I could leave, or I could empty it, discard it, leave it where you found it. You tuck the pouch back into the satchel and step away from the three bodies. After taking a moment to offer a final silent prayer for the fallen adventurers, whose days among the living came to a brutal end at the hands of the Tarzal, you step out of the ruined tower and begin what promises to be a long and difficult trek out of the treacherous mire. The going proves exceptionally difficult. But you press on through the thick of the mire, determined to find your way out of the swamp. After several long hours, some of which involves reversing course, to avoid having to wade through waist-deep water, you discover a well-worn trail that seems to lead in almost the exact direct direction you wish to head. With a renewed sense of hope, you set off along the path, eager, feeling more confident with every step, you're nearing the edge of the great bog. You've only been following the trail for a few minutes when you spot something in the thick of the bog to your right that immediately captures your attention. A jagged, mossy hillock rises out on the soft ground less than 20 yards from the edge of the trail, setting the base of the stony pinnacle. It's a dark, gaping, vine-entangled mouth of a cave. A scattering of bones litters the inside of the cave's maw. Ooh, a cave? Do I investigate it? Of course I do! And you make your way up to the mouth of the cave, taking care to avoid the softer sections of grounds, some of which might easily plunge you up to your waist in muck. At last, standing before the vine-entangled vine moor of the swamp lair, you listen intently as your eyes scour the darkness inside the cave. Nothing stirs in the deep gloom. Enter the cave. With your dependable light source flaring brightly, you cautiously make your way into the cave. You're standing just inside the mouth of the cave, to the south, a broad channel slopes down into the damp gloom, disappearing into darkness after only a few yards. Okay, I'm near the southeast corner, southeast corner, going west. A massive web, composed, in, composed of thick, glistening silvery strands, spans the entirety of the tunnel ahead making it impossible to head further west, so I can examine the web, or fight through the web, or head back east. Examine the web. The thick, thick, silvery strands of webbing that span the breadth of the passage, preventing any further movement west, twitch slightly as you draw near. You sense the strange web might actually be alive. Right, fight through the web. 
As you move to fight your way through the massive web, silvery strands seem to take on a life of their own, reaching out as if to instead you to massive silvery web and fighting it. Small arcs of energy leap from the writhing web. You're struck by a powerful energy attack for 9 damage. Okay, take that web. Smash another energy attack for 14 damage. Another energy attack for 9 damage. And it is slain. 9 XP. The thick, silvery strands of webbing now hang in tatters. The sticky barrier no longer blocks the cave tunnel. Okay, now I'm making my way way through the cave. It's one snaky passage on the west side. Gonna fight it's another web. Fight through the web. As you move to fight your way through the massive web. Silvery strands seem to take on a life of their own, reaching out as if to ensnare you. It's a massive silvery web. Small arcs of energy leap at you from the writhing web. Okay, come on, come on, let's give it a bash. Powerful energy attack for 12 damage, and it is slain. 9 XP. The thick, silvery strands of webbing now hang in tatters. The sticky barrier no longer blocks the cave tunnel. Okay, now making my way to the east. It's another web. It's alive. Okay, fight the web. As you move to fight your way through the massive web, the silvery strands seem to take on a life of their own, reaching out as if to ensnare you, massive silvery web. Powerful energy attack for 14 damage. Small arcs of energy leap out at you from the writhing web. And another energy attack for 10 damage. And it's nearly done and slain. 9 XP. The thick silvery strands of webbing now hang in tatters. The sticky back barrier no longer blocks the cave tunnel. Now I'm near to the edge end of this cave. Where of course. There will be a treasure and probably a really really big spider. Really big. Slightly magic. Suddenly. A strange, gibbering sound echoes through the cave as a massive, black, many-legged creature suddenly appears at the edge of your light. Shrouding the gloom from which it has yet to fully emerge, the fearsome, unknown beast, and its largely sleepless form defying description, surges forward and attacks as a maddening cacophony of eerie noises assails your ears. Hold your ground and engage the unknown beast. You defiantly hold your ground and engage the deadly, unknown denizen of the swamp cave. It's a many-legged beast. And it's an 18-plus wall. This is a toughie. Well, which means time for the Wand of Dragonfire. A deafening roar fills the air as a powerful breath of fire explodes from the tip of your iron wand. Your enemy is consumed by the ravaging flames, taking 171 points of damage. The unknown beast savagely attacks you. 
and the savage bite of your enemy tears into your face, face for 29 damage. Uh, entangle it. Oh, it resists. Uh, waft touch. Your touch sends a Jeffrey chill the length of your enemy. Okay, I'm just... Wave touch, wave touch. It's nearly gone. And slain with magic. 12 XP. And then 256 XP to general. A, a piercing shriek erupts from the gaping jaws of the strange beast. As the massive, many-legged creature slimps back into the gloom. With your ears winging, you step back and maintain a guarded posture. Your every sense alert in case the Black Terror should again emerge from the shadows. After several long moments, when it's become plain there is no movement within the darkness, you edge forward, following the path of the creature's retreat to happen upon a strange, unexpected sight. A wide puddle, puddle of black ooze, the edge of which met, met a massive set of fanged jaws, appears to be all that's left of the strange, many-legged creature. You carefully skirt the shallow, slimy pool and discover a small alcove filled with skeletal human remains. After making certain nothing else is lurking in a nearby gloom, you carefully shift through the heaps of bone. Horrified to think of the many hapless souls those days among the living came to a gruesome end in this dark lair. Through a thorough look through the skeletal remains turned up mostly the decayed remnants of the weapons, ruined pieces of metal armour, and other such rubbish. You're about to abandon your search when you discover quite by accident an ornate metal box still clutched by fleshless fingers. You pray the small tarnished, small tarnished container away from its determined possessor and study it carefully. With a bit of fiddling, you manage to dislodge the lich and open the box, revealing its long concealed contents. Three one's wings. Without a second thought, you take possession of the wing. Unidentified bronze wing, slightly angular in appearance. Plain bronze wing, this, the edge of this thick band, bears three engraved circles. Plain bronze wing, one edge of this thin band has been hammered almost flat. After taking one last look around, you turn and prepare to make your way out of the cave, eager to resume your trek out of the swamp. You're standing in a large chamber wherein you encountered and defeated a massive, many-legged, unknown creature. The puddle of dark ooze in which the strange piece dissolved upon its death still covers a large portion of the floor here. An alcove on the far side of the chamber is filled with skeletal human remains. Head back north. Okay. Making my way to the start of the cave. Here I am. Leave the cave. Move away from the cave. 
Eager to find your way out of the swamp, you prepare to set off on your way. Please note, you won't be able to return to the cave after choosing to continue on your way. Well, I've already explored it. Time to continue on my way. You head away from the cave, continuing on the trail as it winds its way through the tangled swamp. After perhaps a mile, the trail runs up to the foot of a wickety wooden bridge that spans a dark, sluggish channel just over ten feet wide. The bridge, the entirety of its structure, in a dismal state of disrepair, seems ready to fall to pieces, despite your misgivings about about its apparent lack of sturdiness and your chances of safely crossing it. You're certain the trail you've been following is the quickest and most direct route out of the the keep. With that, with that, with that in mind, you contemplate your next course of action. So, I could jump over the channel, cross the bridge, or use gating. I'll use gating. Succeeded. 16 XP to gating. You channel your power of gating. A swirling black portal opens to your right, hovering barely an inch above the ground, and you immediately step into it. Only moments later, you emerge from a second portal, this one on the opposite side of the channel. The magical gate closes silently, leaving you alone on the far side of the sluggish waterway. Glancing back at the wickety wooden bridge, you were relieved you didn't have to cross. After taking a few moments to get your bearing, you quick you quickly ch- check over your equipment before setting off, off along the trail, hoping you'll soon find your way to the edge of the perilous mire. The remainder of your trek out of the swamp passes swiftly and without incident. Just as dusk is beginning to to blanket the vast the wild vastness of, of East March, you emerge from the bog. Covered in muck and miserable, within sight of the Copper Hilt Lodge. The moment you enter the lodge, you're met by Wog Bowen, who inexplicably seemed to have anticipated almost a precise time of your return. The somewhat surly lodge master ushers you into his private chamber, where he immediately, and not quite politely, demands a full account of your excursion into Dragomir Deep. You provide Wog Badfin with a detailed account of your mission. The Lodgemaster listens intently as you describe, describe to him a series, series of events that culminated in your encounter with the Tazar and a subsequent discovery of the slain adventurers. He frowns when you make when you first make mention of reptilians. Disgusting beasts, aren't they? He snares grimacing. Like snakes they are, but far more cunning and vicious. I trust you cleave you cleaved a lot of them white and proper. Well done. There's no room for their ilk in our room. Sorry to hear about our missing three. Seems a rough end for anyone. As promised, Waldpowder pays you for having discovered the fate of the missing adventurers. Five hundred gold tokens. As you expected, he would. Wadda Bowen then pointedly inquires about the iron wad and the pouch of blue powder, asking if you managed to find and recover either of the items. 
you wholly consider your response regarding the sapphire-tipped iron wad. Oh, just, I'll just give him the wad. Wadapajan snatches the wad from you and examines it closely. A smile slowly spreads across the Lodge Master's face as he examines the sapphire-tipped length of iron from all angles. Nicely done, he says, looking up at you and nodding. I believe that's 500 for you. He promptly remits to you the gold you are promised. Another 500 gold tokens. What about the pouch? asked Wadapajan, thicking you with unnecessarily stare. Did you happen to find it? Tell him I didn't find it. I did, but I don't have it anymore. The, the crestfallen expression on Wadapajan's face betrays his disappointment. He mutters something, then fixes you with what almost appears to be an accusatory glare. Are you sure you didn't find it? He asks Se- Se- Stepping closer as his writhing glaze intensifies. So I have two options here. I could repeat I didn't find it. And ask if he's accusing me of something. I'll do the latter. Water pattern spits curses and steps menacingly towards you. At you pointedly at him, he's accusing you of being dishonest. Then, in a blink of an eye, he breaks into obnoxious fists of laugh. Laughter that only concludes when he begins violently coughing. That's the way, he says, coughing. Don't take that source of sass from anyone, not even me. You're a treasure, is what you are, Zoot. Wadapalan thanks you for having undertaken the mission. and tells you he's glad you returned safely. Now, if you permit me, there are things I've got to get done, he says, meeting you in a shoulder cross. You're one of the good ones, Zoop. Don't ever let them tell you otherwise. Almost immediately following Walter Baron's departure, you're approached by a marple. The one-armed taskmaster tells you he's happy to see you safely back in the lodge. I won't ask for any questions, he says. For it's not my place to do so. Whoever say I'm pleased our lodge master did not get back to pounce. Very pleased. Here's a little something for your trouble. Marple presents you with a tidy sum of gold. Five hundred gold tokens. Oh. So so I get the same amount of gold whether I deliver it or not. So it's a pure will pay choice. Marple thanks you for tackling the mission and tells you he's certain to have more such tasks for you quite soon. With that, you take your leave of the taskmaster. In the days that follow your mission to Dragomere Deep in the search of the three missing adventures, you witness a pair of curious incidents while lingering around the Copper Hill Lodge. First... You spot a group of three white-bearded men, clad in red worms, meeting with Logmaster Arjun. The four enter into a heated debate, seemingly about dragons, and a ship named the Northerly Mark. You're only able to hear bits and pieces of the Warsh's destruction. Discussion, which comes to an abrupt end when the three-robed men and angrily storm out of the lodge. The second incident involves a somewhat ugly dispute between Wogbadgen and Master Taskmaster Marple. At one point during the argument, Marple curses at the large master and tells him to watch his step, seemingly amused by the one man's bo- one-armed man's boldness. What about him laughs off what he might easily have considered to be an insubordinate axe and condescendingly task 
pats the taskmaster on the head. You continue to wonder what lasting significance these two incidents might have had, and whether or not both, whether or not either or both of them are related are in any way related to the most recent excursion to the mire. And that finishes this adventure with 1,024 experience to general and 64 experience to all skills and powers. Okay, no more. Marple has no more tasks for me. And now, but there's still... There's still some more stuff to go. There's whispers and waylayers. I think I'll, I'll do. Hmm. Well, I'll do one of them first anyway. I'm going to save now. Next time we'll be doing then one of them. But until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. Well, let's identify all those items we found. Skills, Arcania. Got five things, a wing of vigor, a goblin tamer, wing of increased reserve, wing of neville might, and wing of legendary reserve. Let's go read all their descriptions. Starting with goblin tamer. For melee waiting, four extra versus goblins. Your innate hilt of this dagger bears several engravings, one of which resembles a goblin's head. You found this dagger in a cloth sack, formerly carried by a sword-wielding Tazal you killed in Dragonmere Deep. This weapon is of magical quality. Okay, now to the wings. Wing of Vigor. This plain gold wing bears an enchantment that will enhance the health and stamina of anyone who wears it, plus four stamina points. You discovered this wing in a cloth sack formerly carried by a sword wielding Tazal. You killed, you killed in Dragonmere Deep. And then the other three. Wing of Ledge of Neverwell Might. Two Neville Reserve. This is a plain bronze wing, slightly angular in appearance. Wing of Legendary Reserve. Three Neville Reserve. This is a plain gold bronze wing, slightly angular in appearance. And then finally, Wing of Increased Reserve. One Neville Reserve. This is a plain bronze wing, slightly angular in appearance. Okay, and... Hmm. Well, okay, I have one wing left that doesn't boost my Neville Reserve. The other three do, so... I guess, for now, I could unequip the Band of Garusa and put on the Wing of Legendary Reserve and get plus three NV, but I don't very large cost and the the wing of figure no use to me currently if I'd found it earlier maybe but for now nope I'll just enjoy my AT Arcanio experience but ta-ta for now
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.